Eight Feet High by Ian Sutherland. Hank smiled stupidly as he sat on a hard chair in a small curtain cubicle. Beside him, Ricey lay on one of those paper-covered beds, her right ankle resting on a pillow and her eyes closed. The doctor had just been to see them. Well, to see her, really. My name is Dr Small and you're Clarice North, yes? He asked as he examined his notes. Ricey, for that was the only name he knew her by, nodded. Well, you're a lucky girl. You have a broken ankle, but as you kept your weight of it, there's little extra damage. Once we have you plastered up, you can go home with your boyfriend. At this point, he looked at Hank with a quizzical look. That was why Hank was smiling. Until today, his universe had revolved around Ricey, yet she had shown no sign she knew he existed. He was just a rat, as the young boys in the run elm posse were called. Ricey was older, and like all the girls in the posse, she was always vying for Dax's attention. For Hank at 14, and being average, two years was a lifetime, a virtual invisibility cloak, yet for him it had been love at first sight, and every day since he waited, hoping she would notice he existed. Clarice always had her hair scraped back and wore glossy lipstick, tight jeans and four-inch stiletto heels. She also had a piercing at the top of her cleavage, a simple vertical bar with a ball at each end, one of which was usually visible above the low-cut top she wore. It was the piercing that just drags the boy's eyes towards it until he blushes. Just four hours before, he had followed the posse across the tarmac moat that surrounded the dark husk of Club Apollo. Housed in an old superstore on a concrete island, until last week the club had been a sick place. Then the police had shut it down. Dax said there were still hundreds of those little silver canisters inside, the ones teenagers use for a quick high. Dax wanted them, maybe to sell, but more likely for himself. He said he wanted a volunteer to scramble through a broken window and open the door beside it from the inside. In a flash, and keen to impress, Ricey had stepped forward. She was slim and the window was pretty small. Dax had just nodded, standing back to let the gang do the dirty work. The window was about eight feet from the ground and the older boys had quickly found some empty kegs to build a pyramid that Ricey, in her trademark heels, had climbed. At the top, she had shimmered her way around until her legs were inside the building. With her eyes watching Dax, she had slid back slowly and then very quickly. A split second after her head disappeared from sight, the most horrific scream erupted from inside. A scream that seemed to go on forever and felt like nails scratching the inside of your skull. Dax looked scared, his dark composure gone as he looked around frantically. Who else had heard Rice's howl? In the distance, a siren started up, and that seemed to decide it for him. Fuck it, it's Graham, he shouted, and the posse disappeared, like cockroaches caught out in the daylight. Everyone except Hank. This was his chance, and he grabbed it with both hands. As he scrambled up the kegs, he pulled out his mobile phone and started the torch up. He peered through the open window to see Ricey lying on the floor. She was moaning now, and had one ankle turned away from the other. Beside her were scattered several pails. It looked as if she'd stepped on them on her, on her way down, lost her balance, and fallen awkwardly to the ground. Hank could see this was a janitor's cupboard, and not the inside of the Club Apollo. This was a letdown, for there would have been bragging rights for breaking into the club, but breaking into a cleaning closet? No way. If he used his phone to call for help, he and Ricey would be a laughingstock, and he didn't want that for either of them. His task now was to get her out of there unseen. Also being slight, he slipped through the window, taking care not to tread on anything that might trip him. Rice's eyes pleaded with him as she tried to sit, and though she was not a big girl, he was an even smaller boy. He knew he could not carry or support her on his own, so he looked for another way. That was when he saw the mob. 
not a round one, but one more like a broom, and coincidentally looking just the right length to be a crutch for Ricey. Helping Ricey up, using both his legs and her good one, he helped her lean against some shelves, her bad foot hanging under a crooked knee. Hank then turned the mop head up and arranged its dreadlocks so they formed a pad under Ricey's arm. He opened the outside door and they hobbled back across the tarmac. Once safely away from Club Apollo, Hank called for an ambulance claiming Ricey had slipped and hurt her ankle while they were out walking. That was then and this was now. Now she knew who he was. Just a few minutes ago her fingers had slipped across his palm and now she held his hand squeezing slightly. She had smiled at him and said, thanks. And when she motioned him close, her piercing caught his eyes, she kissed his red hot cheek. Who needs laughing gas to get high? Not Hank.